let's step into the eerie. Deep within the snow-laden forests of the north, where the wind whispers chilling tales among the trees, an ancient legend has taken root, sinking its icy claws into the hearts of those who dare to listen. In the depths of the vast frozen wilderness, a malevolent force stirs, born of ravenous hunger and unfathomable despair. It stalks in the shadows, its insatiable appetite driving it ever closer to the realms of mankind. This creature is called the Wendigo. The Wendigo, a creature born from the darkest depths of human fear and hunger, has haunted the minds of people for centuries. This supernatural being is said to roam the dense forests and frozen tundras of North America, particularly in the areas of the Great Lakes and the forests of Canada. The Wendigo has been part of folklore and mythology of the Algonquin-speaking tribes for generations, and its legends have only grown more terrifying over time. To understand the Wendigo fully, we must first jump into the history and the mythology of the indigenous peoples who first spoke of this monstrous being. The Algonquin-speaking tribes such as the Ojibwe, Cree, and Inu have a rich history of storytelling and mythology that intertwines with their beliefs about the natural world and spirituality. The Wendigo, also known as the Windigo or the Wittigout, is a creature that has many different forms and variations depending on the tribe or the region. However, there are some common themes that emerge across all of the legends. One of the most prevalent themes is the Wendigo's association with cannibalism. It is said that the creature was once a human being who, driven by hunger and desperation, resorted to consuming human flesh. This terrible act cursed the individual, transforming them into a monstrous, insatiable creature it is forever hungry for more human flesh. In most tales, the Wendigo is depicted as an emaciated humanoid figure with a ghastly appearance. Its skin is said to be stretched taut over its bones with a sickly grayish pallor that resembles a corpse. Its eyes are sunken in and glowing and its teeth are sharp and jagged, perfect for tearing 
through human flesh. The Wendigo is also said to have an overpowering stench of decay and corruption that clings to it, a nauseating reminder of its origins in nature. Despite its emaciated appearance, the Wendigo is often described as incredibly strong and fast, able to move through the woods with an unnatural agility that allows it to stalk its prey completely undetected. It is also said to possess supernatural powers, such as an ability to control the weather and summon storms, which it can use to disorient and isolate its victims. Many Wendigo stories involve the creature stalking and tormenting its victims, driving them mad with fear before ultimately devouring them. In some legends, the Wendigo is able to possess the minds of its prey, causing them to act in strange and uncharacteristic ways that lead to their demise. In the folklore of the Algonquin-speaking tribes, the Wendigo is not just a physical monster, but a symbol. A symbol of the darkest aspects of human nature. The Wendigo represents the primal animalistic urges that lurk within all of us. The desire for power, the thirst for blood, and the insatiable hunger that can drive a person to commit unspeakable acts. The Algonquin tribes have several stories and rituals associated with the Wendigo. One such story tells of a warrior who encountered a Wendigo while hunting. The creature chased the warrior through the forest, but he managed to evade it by using his knowledge of the land and his cunning. Eventually, he sought the help of a powerful shaman who performed a ritual to banish the Wendigo. The warrior then returned to his village, warning his people of the danger that lurked in the woods now. The Algonquin tribes also practice a ceremonial dance called the Wendigukan Zamoan, or Wendigo dance, which was performed to protect the community from the influence of the Wendigo. During the dance, participants would wear masks and ornaments to represent the fearsome creature, enacting the struggle between the Wendigo and the forces of good. The dance served as both a cautionary tale and a means of exercising the dark energies associated with the Wendigo. Throughout history, there have been numerous accounts of people encountering Wendigos or being possessed by the spirit of the creature. These stories often involved individuals who, in the depths of winter, found themselves trapped and starving, their minds warped by hunger and isolation. One such story is that of Swift Runner, a Cree trapper from Alberta, Canada, who, in the winter of 1878 to 1879, resorted to cannibalism to survive. Swift Runner's family, consisting of his wife, six children, and mother-in-law, had all perished in the harsh winter conditions. Rather than seeking help, Swift Runner succumbed to the Wendigo's influence and consumed their flesh. Upon the discovery of his horrific deeds, Swift Runner was executed for his crimes. 
becoming a chilling example of the Wendigo's power over the human mind. Another case is that of Jack Fiddler, an OG Cree chief and shaman who claimed to have the ability to identify and kill Wendigos. Fiddler, along with his brother Joseph, was said to have killed 14 Wendigos throughout their lifetime. However, in 1907, the Canadian authorities arrested the two brothers, charging them with murder. Jack Fiddler ultimately committed suicide in his jail cell, while Joseph was later pardoned. These historical cases raise many questions about the nature of the Wendigo and the psychological impact of extreme conditions on human behavior. Are these tales of cannibalism and possession simply manifested of our darkest fears? Or is there more or is there something more sinister at work? In more recent times, sightings of the Wendigo have continued to be reported throughout North America. While many of these accounts can be attributed to overactive imaginations or misidentifications of wildlife, there are some encounters that defy explanation. One such account comes from a group of hunters in the Canadian wilderness in the early 2000s. They described coming across a tall, emaciated figure with glowing eyes and elongated limbs. The creature seemed to vanish into thin air when they attempted to approach it, leaving behind a palpable sense of dread and unease. Another modern day encounter took place in the forests of Minnesota, where a park ranger reported finding a series of strange mutilated animal carcasses that appeared to have been killed by an unknown predator. The ranger described a pervasive sense of being watched and followed during his investigation, and several other rangers in the area reported experiencing similar sensations. This next story comes from a Reddit user on the paranormal Reddit thread. The Reddit user's name is Gilly Vanilli. I have spent the past two summers guiding canoe trips in a lake in the woods in Minnesota and have had a few run-ins and heard many stories from other guides about their experiences. The Ojibwe have lived in this area thousands of years, and there are many places that we can't camp because they're Native American reservations. I have heard this area referred to as Wendigo country, and there are multiple places named after it, like the Wendigo Islands, for example. I have plenty of stories that have been passed on by other guides, which are pretty terrifying. And I could share some if there is an interest, but I'll just share the one experience I was actually involved in. It was me, another guide, and we had about seven kids with us on the trip. On the first night, we stopped after a long day of paddling at a campsite known as Little Triscuit. We had one camper with us that was somewhere on the autism spectrum and struggled with communication. As we were making dinner over the fire, he seemed to notice something in the woods behind us. He kept saying things along the lines of, who is that man in the woods? And described it as a tall skinny man that was all white. We assured him that no one was there and we did a head count to make sure all the kids were here. 
So we checked it out, didn't see anything back there, so we just brushed it off and got back to making dinner. The same night, a different camper was in their tent by herself, because she was the only girl on our trip. As me and my co-guide were starting to fall asleep, and we heard her say, Gilly Vanilli, stop. We replied, what? We are in our tent. And then she brushed it off and went to bed. In the morning, we asked her what was up, and she said something was shaking her tent, and she thought it was us. It wasn't a windy night. The boys were all in their tents, and we were in our tent as well. When we took her tent down and took the stakes out, two of them were completely bent at a 90 degree angle. We tested out the flexibility and we couldn't get the thing to budge back. I've been in some crazy windstorms out there, probably winds around 30 to 40 miles per hour and had never seen a stake bent like that. We left Little Trisket and the weird stuff stopped happening and we had an awesome trip. When we got back to the base camp, I talked to another guide that stayed at the same campsite the night after and without me saying anything, she said, There is some sort of big white creature at that campsite. She told us that she was going to the bathroom way back in the woods and thought that another camper had accidentally came to her bathroom spot. And right away, when she got back, everyone was there. No one had left the fire in the time since she left. There are much scarier stories and experiences other guides have been involved with. This was my first and hopefully I won't have any more. We try to treat the wilderness, the spirits, and the native culture with the utmost respect. This makes me feel safe, at least in my mind, from these spirits as almost every other story I've heard has started off with someone disrespecting it or claiming that they don't believe it exists. As our understanding of the world around us continues to grow, the line between myth and reality becomes increasingly blurred. The Wendigo, once considered a purely mythical creature, now finds itself at the center of a web of terrifying encounters and unexplained phenomena. Is the Wendigo merely a cautionary tale about the dangers of giving in to our darkest instincts, or does it represent a very real and dangerous force lurking in the shadows of the wilderness? As we continue to explore the limits of our understanding and push the boundaries of the known world, we must confront the possibility that some mysteries may never be fully understood. There are also accounts of the Wendigo in literature and pop culture, which have helped to shape and expand the mythology surrounding this enigmatic creature. One of the most famous literary depictions of the Wendigo is found in Algernon Blackwood's 1910 novella, The Wendigo. In this chilling tale, a group of hunters becomes lost in the Canadian wilderness. It is stalked by a malevolent force that seems to be part animal, part spirit. The story captures the essence of the Wendigo legend, exploring themes of isolation, madness, and the terrifying power of the natural world. More recently, the Wendigo has appeared in various forms of movies, television shows, and video games, often as a monstrous antagonist that embodies humanity's darkest fears. These depictions of the Wendigo, while not always faithful to the original legends, have helped to bring the creature's terrifying visage to a wider audience. 
and solidify its place in the pantheon of horror icons. So now let's jump into the science that could possibly explain this enigmatic creature. Let's start with prion diseases. These are degenerative brain disorders caused by misfolded proteins or prions. They can be acquired through exposure to tainted brain or nervous system tissue. When these malformed proteins enter our system, they cause our healthy proteins to fold incorrectly too. This triggers a domino effect, creating deposits that damage nerve cells and lead to rapid mental and physical deterioration. This is a rare fatal condition that affects the brain. In one variant, Kuru, which was prevalent among four people of Papua New Guinea, this disease was spread through the practice of cannibalism. The afflicted showed signs of tremors, loss of coordination, and personality changes. In severe cases, the victims were gripped by bouts of irrational laughter. Interestingly, these present a lot of symptoms that are eerily reminiscent to the Wendigo transformation. Could the Wendigo myth be an allegorical account of witnessing a prion disease? There's also science that says that the Wendigo could be something more on the psychology side. Wendigo psychosis is a proposed cultural bound syndrome specific to Algonquin-speaking tribes. A person affected by this condition develops an insatiable desire for human flesh, even when other food sources are readily available. This mental disorder, although extremely rare and controversial among psychiatrists, could offer a unique insight into the Wendigo myth. Perhaps the Wendigo symbolizes not just a physical transformation, but a psychological one, showing us the terrifying depths of the human mind and where it can sink to under extreme conditions. But what of the social sciences? Anthropologists and sociologists often talk about the concept of the other, a process through which societies and individuals categorize and devalue people different from themselves. The Wendigo, once human, it knows something terrifyingly different, embodies this process of othering. By becoming cannibalistic, a Wendigo is marked as a deviant, an outcast, and a monster, or other. It stands as a societal warning against crossing certain moral boundaries. Then there's environmental science. The Wendigo myth is deeply rooted in cold, harsh winters and the scarcity of resources. This could potentially be linked to past climatic conditions, perhaps periods of intense cold such as the Little Ice Age that occurred from the 13th to the mid-19th century, which might have intensified the fear of a Wendigo as food scarcity and harsh living conditions increased. Regardless of whether the Wendigo is seen through the lens of medical science, psychology, sociology, or environmental science, the fact remains that it is a deeply human construct, a symbolic manifestation of our primal fears and societal taboos. It shows us that science and folklore are not separate but interwoven aspects of our attempts to understand the world and our place in it. In this episode of Eerie, we've taken you on a journey into the chilling world of the Wendigo, exploring its origins in indigenous folklore, its manifestations in historical and modern day encounters, 
and its enduring impact on our collective consciousness. This terrifying creature serves as a reminder that the darkness within the human soul is just as frightening as any supernatural beast. I want to thank you all for tuning in today or watching today. If you are listening on any podcast platform or on YouTube, please make sure to hit that follow button or subscribe button. And if you want to follow us on our social media, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter via the handle at EeriePod. If you want to send us a story for our next Eerie Tales, send it to info at the EeriePodcast.com. Next week, join us as we dive into the unresolved mystery of Maura Murray. We'll walk you through the puzzling events leading up to Maura's departure from her university in Massachusetts in the extensive and ongoing search for her and the myriad of theories that have cropped up over the years. I wanted to also say a quick thank you to everyone for joining in. Our Lake Lanier episode has had more listens than we've ever had before, and it's thanks all to you guys. I really appreciate all the great feedback that I've received, and I will try and implement them as soon as I can. Thank you again for stepping into the Erie with me, your host, Noah Croft. <laughs>